0: You are listening to the Bold Girls Club podcast. We are your fierce and fabulous hosts. I'm Tristan. I'm Alicia. And we are here to spill the damn tea on how
1: you can become the brave, aligned, and committed version of yourself who isn't afraid to go after what you want. Welcome to the club. The, the Bold, Bold Girls Club. Girls. All right, everybody.
0: Interview, interview time. Pew, 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 I should have brought the hype siren out. Damn. Oh, well. Today we have with us Shauna, who is a mind body mentor and somatic sales expert who teaches conscious business women how to own their mastery through emotional fitness and heart centered sales strategy. This is what helps women to create more income in less time, but with integrity so they can kick the sales ick that's holding them back. Shauna teaches all of this using the tools and expertise that she's created from her life and studies, and she shows us how to read and utilize feedback from one of the most ancient technologies we have ever known, our bodies. She's also a speaker, the owner of Goldmind, the host of Goldmind podcast, and a self-proclaimed nerd, love that who loves ancient culture, biohacking, nutrition, and anything with animals. Shauna, welcome to the Bold Girls Club. (laughs) I
2: want the siren, man. I
0: know. I know. I should go get it out, but uh, it will cause a lot of like ruckus in the background. So I'll just have to prepare Mm. better next time. (laughs) How you doing,
2: mama? I'm doing fantastic. It's... uh... Well, today alone, I just got my hair re-dyed bright red, and I live in Cleveland, Ohio, and it's been gray for like three months. And the sun's out today, and I feel my body is like, I'm alive. Mm-hmm. Well, we just like, got literally... a blizzard. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs>
0: the East Coast got hammered. Yes, slammed. Hammered. My best co- my best friend from Ohio, Facetime the other day, and they got like six inches of hard powder. And she's like, I'm just going to jump off a cliff right now because there's no more, there's no more happiness in the world. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you are in February. You got at least two more months to go <laughs> like, oh. strap in. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> as much as I'm not, as much as I like, hold on to the belief that the weather does not have to affect our mood that much gray weather scientifically affects our vitamin D levels and our physiology. And so I'm like, I, I find, I, I'm like Feeling weird because it's gray outside. And I was like, don't be in a bad mood, Shauna. You can choose your mood. And then I notice that I need sunshine like a normal human being. So I allow it to be okay. Where I'm like, I think I'm just gonna cuddle and watch TV with the cats today. And that's gonna be fine. <laughs> yes. It's no depression, it's
0: real, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I jumped ship on Ohio as soon as I could. And I moved to Arizona, which is literally the sunniest state in the whole country and just laid on a rock like a lizard my entire life there until I had to move to Houston where it's overcast a lot of the time too, but I'm moving back. So I'm excited about that. Hmm. I love that you're talking I want about to lay on the rock. Come lay on the rock with me. There's yeah, the so many rocks to lay on in Arizona. It is, it is a rock. It is a big, powdery, dusty, hot rock. It's great. I love it. An alien Um, vortex. Yeah. But you were talking about, you immediately jumped into feedback, which I love. Like you're already talking about feedback from your environment and that ties in so perfectly with the work that you do. Yeah. You didn't even notice it, did you? You're already talking about (laughs) feedback, like somatic feedback from your physical environment with the cold, shitty weather, but you do that with everything you do in your business too, right? Including sales and coaching. Yes. I,
2: so (laughs) <laughs> Somatic means body. I know mm-hmm. we were talking about this earlier, and I have learned through a lot of experiences, which I'm sure we'll get to, but the main one being uh, healing my body from autoimmune disease. I learned that the body just speak; it just speaks to us. It knows things. It knows things that I don't know, and it holds on to things. And so, I learned through my healing process how to communicate with that feedback, and it supports me and. It supports me in my emergence. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. I um I don't talk about this too often. I'm trying to find a way with my brand to pull in more of the life experiences that I've had because everything that you go through is a value that can help your tribe. And I'm just trying to figure out a way to pull in the health struggles that I had. And I love that you talked about how things you hold on to emotionally psychologically, mentally can create huge fucking problems with your physical health. And I had no idea that that was possible. Like I went to school to become a nutritionist. I spent five years of my life learning about biology and chemistry and biochemistry and all of these things that have to do with the chemical inner workings of the body. But none of that included the mind's effect on the body. Like the psychosomatic effect on how your thoughts and your feelings and your trauma and your past experiences influence your health. And so like, because I was a huge perfectionist in college and granted was struggling with an eating disorder and had a lot of really hard, challenging experiences, my health tanked when I got out of school and I had so many chronic health issues that I went from doctor to doctor to doctor to try and figure out. And it wasn't until I worked with a life coach of all people to help me process what I had gone through in my life and unravel a lot of the negative experiences I had had that I started to heal, that my body started to calm down and relax and trust itself. And so I love that you have found a way to take this experience that you had and not only talk about it and empower others to do the same, but use it in a very unique way in sales and in coaching. Like that's so creative and powerful.
2: I actually, um, thank you for sharing that, by the way, because mm-hmm. I think my, so my business is goldmined mm-hmm. and it's shifted since I started it three years ago. But my larger vision for Gold mine is to have like a health sector with supplements and like a blog my partner, Adam is a certified life coach. And so like, it's in mine too. Like it's there too. I'm not doing that right now, but that is something like, without a doubt, it's my priority. So I think we can, I think that there's ways to pull it in. It's just like, for me, I've, I had to decide to take one step at a time and just like slowly grow. Um, I was going to say, I was going to pull that back into sales, but I don't remember where I was going.
0: Did you have a similar experience, Alicia, like when you were in school, did they ever talk about the mind-body connection or like psychosomatic experiences, anything like that?
1: Um, A little bit. And that's only because I had like one class that focused on like more Eastern Mm -hmm. type of medicine and talking about like where trauma is stored in your body and how that can impact, you know, those organs um, how depression and like gut health are related and how those things communicate. And so I know Sean and I have had this discussion just talking about, you know, your mental health and how that's related to your gut health. And, you know, we've talked about all kinds of different diets and how that all affects it. So like from you and I, the perspective, Tristan, cause you know, we're very educated in diets, So all that stuff is really fascinating for us, Mm -hmm. but you know, you're not really taught in school. Oh, like (laughs) the reason why you feel like shit mentally is because, you know, this is going on, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm.
2: I uh, would like to add to that because I currently, um, so I was deathly ill twice and I'm currently still on three prescription medications. And I just talked to my doctor come like such a far way. I've been in remission for a while, just started a new lifestyle. My blood work is better than it's ever been. And I had a conversation with my doctor about weaning off some of the medicines because Adam and I eventually want to have at least one child and I don't want to do it on these prescription medicines. And I talked to her and explained, I was like, listen, I showed her all like the blood work and stuff. And I was like, plus my life is drastically different than it was. Like I was I was a wreck and living in hell when I, right before I got diagnosed and she, mm-hmm. they don't even wince. She didn't even wince. She did not give a fuck about mm-hmm. it. And um, so I, that message, I'm glad that message is, is it's growing. I know it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I feel the same way. Like, I don't want to have children until I get these implants out of my body. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, I, I can totally relate and it's, I, maybe that's like being a little bit of a control freak. And wanting like the perfect conditions, but also I don't want to have any sort of like negative effects that could make things complicated or like pass things on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's
0: being a control freak. I think as women, our bodies are supercomputers that constantly give us feedback. But when you have things being added externally or things that are chilling that were added externally in your body, like implants, for example, or medications or whatever, it messes with your ability to tune in and listen to the feedback that you're getting. And when you're pregnant, everything is freaking new and Mm -hmm. you need to be able to adapt and adjust based on what your body is telling you at the drop of a hat. So I don't think it's a control thing. I think it's wanting to have the level of intimacy with your body that we are designed to have, but that modern life kind of screws with, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: And personally, I wasn't able to listen to my body until I shut my mind up. Mm -hmm. So Shauna, would you maybe want to go into like how you can start listening to your body and like what types of type of signs it gives
2: you? Yes. Do you want me to speak generally or do you want... Do you want me to speak to like entrepreneurship? Where do you want me to go? Both. Both. Yeah. Because
0: I to talk about like how we get feedback from our body in general, and then how maybe that could be applied in a health scenario, but also as an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. in sales. Like that's, you know, we can talk about both. And I think the feedback system is the same. It's just how you apply it.
2: Yeah. Okay. Cool. So if somebody wants to develop their mind body, and that's what, I, that's what I call it. Um, and to me, short little Shauna philosophy, mind, once we can integrate the mind and the body, we can access the soul. And so that's, that soul is, is unity, it's God's self, it's higher self, it's whatever that is for you. And so my, all of my development and all of my successes and expansion and, and what I continue to do is based off of the integration of my mind and my body. So I squish it together and I say mind, body. And if you want to develop your mind body, which I'm going to assume that the people listening already have a little bit, like I know you guys can, you're intuitive, like you can read other people. A lot of people listening are probably um, empaths or highly sensitive or whatever, whatever you may call it. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things I like to do, if you are experiencing a, a, a health struggle, um, if you have discomfort in a part of your body, I want you to just do some Googles on what Eastern philosophy says that part of the body is related to when it comes to your mental nature. And so for me, uh, I had a Crohn's disease diagnosis. I had a, the disease ended up manifesting in my whole body, but the basis, like the fundamental part of the disease was in my small intestine. And the more I dug into it, the more I found I found like, oh, this is related in Eastern philosophy to personal power. Mm-hmm. And so then I, got, I started questioning with myself and it's like, oh, well, if if my body literally is screaming so hard that it's diseased, that it's wanting me to look there, where am I not in my personal power? And then I got like avalanche with all these places I wasn't in my personal power. <laughs> and when I look back, if you, so you're gonna find a thing, you're gonna find an emotional thing that it comes down to. And then I want you to like, Look back and see if that's a repeating pattern for you, because I know with me, um, that personal power, I had sensations, physical sensations showing up in my body since uh, since I could remember in that spot. and that, mm-hmm. and and I ignored. and that had that came up in relationship, that came up in just my own truth. that came up uh, in parent with my parents and stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so I would say that that would be a great place to start. And if you do not have, physical discomfort, if you, there's no disease or no like uh, health issues going on, which I think a lot of people have gut issues. And I think a lot of people are challenged with personal power, but um, let's say something mentally is happening and you wanna dive into that. Well, you'll just reverse it. Mm-hmm. So you'll see, you'll, you'll find the thing mentally. And then I just want you to get curious. Let's say that you know that you feel anxious. I want you to get curious. Google what Eastern mm-hmm. philosophy, I don't care where, what Eastern philosophy it is. I don't give a shit. I just want you to Google what philosophy says about how that can manifest. And then you just get kind of curious and you'll start to see like, Oh, when I'm anxious. I'm having these thoughts. This is the word that comes up. These are the images that I see. And then you just make connections mm-hmm. and then those connections form awareness. And then that's how you read the feedback. Mm-hmm.
0: I love that so much because you, you hit on two things. And the first thing is that We talk a lot about energetics and we talk a lot about universality and connection with spirit on this podcast and what you said about if you ask to be shown you will receive an avalanche because you 1000% will anytime you ask the universe show me where I am out of integrity or out of alignment or what is hidden from me or what I cannot see you'll get smacked in the face for it. It'll be for your own good. You get
1: blasted.
0: But you will 100% get blasted with everything that is disempowering you. So I love that you mentioned that.
2: And I think it's really important because that can sound scary. I think it's really important that when that avalanche, that the avalanche part,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, like pretty quickly, quicker than the fear, quicker than it's uncomfortable, leads to to feeling powerful and leads Mm -hmm. to see like oh I could I could I could change this this can change Mm -hmm.
0: yeah you have to you have to release what is blocking you or what is causing resistance before you can get to the place of empowerment that's on the other side of it so I think another key when you're experiencing that avalanche or you're getting slapped in the face or blasted with it is to be really gentle with yourself and be in a state of surrender as much as possible, which I'm like, I'm not very good at being in a state of surrender. I white knuckle through shit. And Alicia's like, girl, just calm the, let like, calm down, go sit on the couch, chill the fuck out. You're going to be fine. I'm like, and I'm just holding on as tight (laughs) Mm -hmm. as I can until the bubble bursts. And then I'm like, oh, okay, we're fine. Like, we're good. Good. Uh We're good. Right. So you can do it that way. Or you can do it Alicia's way. And I'm assuming that's your way too, Shana, where it's more of a gentle surrendered state. No, bowl, bowl place- in the china it's shop. Okay. Okay. It, okay.
2: it just kind of depends where I am and what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> I, can, I can avoid it for like, I'll avoid it and then I'll know I'm avoiding it. And then eventually the, the pimple will pop.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. The bubble what will burst me, eventually.
2: Yeah. It mm-hmm. does pop on its own.
1: Mm-hmm. But what happens to me, and I know this happens for some other people too, when I'm so far out of alignment or I need to fully surrender, I will manifest circumstances that require me to surrender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I was telling Tristan the other day, I'm like going through this massive up, up level and everything came through in a huge process of surrender where I just let everything go, but I didn't have a choice. Like I got sick for like, over a week and I didn't have a choice. So I'm like, wow, this feels really good to let this go. I don't know why I was worried about any of this.
2: <laughs> For yep. some reason, I get an image of Tristan like on her three computers graphing all of the <laughs> graphing all of the emotions and the symptoms and be like, it's, it's ending soon. I know, it's ending soon.
1: <laughs> Tristan was on one this weekend. Don't you worry. <laughs> oh, I was 1000%.
0: I was the saltiest bitch in the sea this weekend. Like I could not... I could not be bothered. I was mad about everything. I was mad at like, oh my, it was ridiculous. And it's because I was too, I had my head too far into my own asshole to see perspective of how this was serving me and working for me and showing me a better way rather than just trying to be right and do what the original plan I created told me I needed to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple different ways you can handle getting blasted in the face with shit. And I suggest you're not the bull in the China shop.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That brings us directly back to the paradox of like, we are consistently improving and never finished. Mm -hmm. And so we think that it's going to be, we think we're done with it. Mm -hmm. And so I think the goalpost just keeps moving. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I found the little, like, just consistently taking small baby steps supports me and in, in my inconsistency better than like big blast forward and then sort of like oh my god what should, what the fuck just happened and like big blast forward and then those little steps will lead me to my to my quantum leap in a space that's not uh, a space that doesn't leave me in burnout it
0: doesn't give you whiplash mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. the whiplash is not fun yep, yep for sure but I'm really curious like so this is how we get feedback from our bodies in general. Like that's the feedback system that we just described. And then we also talked about like how when you're coming up against an edge, how you can ask to be shown what your what's blocking you and then some some different ways that you can go about dealing with what's blocking you. But how do we use that in a sales context? Like I know personally yeah. when I first started coaching in 2019, middle of 2019, um, I had never sold in the way that I had to sell in my coaching business because my first business, I had built up a really strong reputation online that drove traffic to me. And at that point, people were like, I know what I want. You're it. Let's go. Coaching was a whole different bag because I didn't have that reputation built up. So I was doing a lot more groundwork to build those relationships and trying to figure out how the fuck to sell in a completely different world. So my body was a wreck during that time. I was stressed out. I would get on sales calls. Like I was fucking going to battle. I'm like, this bitch is going to sign up. Let's get her. And it was so aggressive and so like anxiety inducing that I started to hate sales, but it wasn't sales that I hated. It was my relationship with them. So I'm really curious, like how we can use the somatic feedback to tell us where we're at with the sales process. Like maybe, maybe you talk about it in a different way, but I'm curious about your perspective on the somatic feedback loop.
2: I want to just take one step back and talk about the feedback system because mm-hmm. I can explain it in a much simpler way that I think will support us moving forward.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So what I said before is a really great way to develop the mind body. And the the feedback system simply is, learning how to read the language of the body and the language of the body speaks in literal physical sensation. It's tactile, it's pressure, it's heat, it's tingles, and that and will develop as our practice develops. So that feedback system is like becoming aware, not only of our inner narrative, but aware of tension or expansion in our body to put it mm-hmm. simply. Mm-hmm. So in the, sales process. I'd like to also mention that a lot of times we're taught to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. Like that's how sales is taught. And when I, to bring part of my story into this, so you can like really know that I know what the hell I'm talking about is that I did door-to-door sales for a year and a half. I, I moved out of state to help open a company and train salespeople. I was a team lead for the whole time. Um, our company went from like bottom to number one in the nation very quickly. Uh, and in that time, so I learned the psychology of sales there, I learned like how to set up the conversation. I learned the ways to rebuttal. I learned all of those things and I learned how to train it. I learned how to get people out of their comfort zone there. Mm -hmm. And in that position, uh, the company was called Lotus, which is very interesting
0: That's very interesting. (laughs) They were teaching sales that way. And it's called Lotus,
1: like,
2: yes. And that was my mud. That was like me in the mud. Mm -hmm. Um, in in that position pretty shortly, it was, it was the best, best times of my life that turned into the worst times of my life. And so I was in a position, um, and I'm going to paint one picture and I'm going to pull one of the most extreme things out of here because of, I don't have time to tell you my, the whole story, but I want you guys and anybody listening to understand what the hell I'm saying. I was working at Lotus. I was living with all of the leaders, got into a relationship with the owner of the company and drama ensued. And then he ended up trying to rape me and saying these dirty things to me. And I still worked there. And so I had to go in, look him in the eye, call him sir, on top of probably 15 other things that had happened. Oh and God. he eventually. Address
0: and social security number. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he eventually, um, and I was not the the Samaritan of the year either. Like I got defensive. I was in my ego. I, I take I take half, one hundred percent responsibility in the matter. But I was doing this sales work, and we were one hundred percent commission. So I was doing the sales work from survival. Mm-hmm. So I was making money, and 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 the reason that sales tactics work is because it gives off the impression that that person cares. Mm-hmm. And so I was faking, faking empathy, mm-hmm. lying out in the field, going door to door from a place of survival. And I didn't respect the people I was working with. And so when I came out of that, actually right when I came out of that is when I got really sick. And then I went through my own healing process, which took like three years. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then I got into coaching, which now I like to call mentorship for myself. And in mentorship, we learned sales again. And then I started teaching it in Bold Leap Academy. Mm-hmm. And here I saw all of these women. All, I saw all of you guys like badass heart-centered women who wanted, they were here to help. They wanted to be in, in integrity. They, And in, in order to do this, it took income. Like we're creating our businesses. And so I found a way, like I took from my history, what it felt like to be in survival sales. Mm -hmm. And I set those reference points. And then I took what it felt like to be in heart-centered sales. And I took those reference points. And that's sort of how I got to where we're about to go. Does that all fit? Does that all make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And just to add something, I'm sure we'll talk about this in a minute, but risk of threat can either be real or it can be perceived. And what I mean by that is if you are an entrepreneur and your physical environment is safe, your relationship is safe, you are taken care of, right? Your world is fine, but you are perceiving yourself to be in a state of risk or fight or flight because your business isn't where you want it to be. And you're putting all that added pressure on yourself to be somewhere other than you're not. That is also a perceived state of risk which can put you into this survival-based sales too. Mm -hmm. So just because you didn't go through something traumatic or challenging does not mean that you cannot be in a state of survival-based sales and be very anxiety-driven with the tactics that you're using. I just wanted to mention that.
1: And to circle that back too with the body, that puts you in fight or flight. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're constantly in that vicious cycle, that body response, mm-hmm. which is how you come to have a relationship
0: with sales where you think the sales process is the problem.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm so glad you brought that up because I, it's, it's just as important as the the stories because it is like you could be just as scared that you're going to die as some other kind of crazy story. Like I just shared. And that's what I see in the people that I teach. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. so glad I have this. I'm so glad I have this tactile example to show people. So they know, so I can understand, like, I can just understand. Mm -hmm. And I can even pull out things that they may not know are there because of my practice. Um. So sales, if the word sales feels triggering, if the word strategy feels triggering, if any of those things feel contraction, contractive in your body, just stay for the course because um, when we're in a sales conversation and I use that very loosely because sometimes a sales conversation is on a computer, like the Zoom call we're doing, sometimes it's over DMs, sometimes it's literally when we're writing our content. Um, So this somatic feedback goes through all areas. I like the sales conversation and the sales conversation flow because there's, there's really good examples to use. And I find when we're in the sales conversation, the best way that I like to utilize the somatic feedback is to bring myself back to a place of cooperation Mm. versus you could call it, uh, you could call it, oh my gosh, what's it called? When teams, competition. Competition, okay. So um, cooperation versus competition or versus survival. And I think what happens when I, when even to this day, if I'm in a sales conversation with all of this practice, all of the tact, all of the strategies, all of the things that I've learned, I still have these thoughts because money is on the line. And so the way tapping into this internal feedback, I think it really supports us tapping into unity of all things in cooperation and, and all of this unlimited abundance beauty that I believe in. And this is tapping into that when real life money is on the line. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think there's a better way to develop abundance practices, I don't think there's a better way to tap into our body and do shadow work. It like it's so much bigger than sales and money because it's this integrated, beautiful thing, and we want to help. We want to stop and and see what what the what's in the field.
1: I love that you tied in abundance because remember too, when you're in that fight or flight, you're in full on scarcity, and mm-hmm. that's not a place of abundance. Versus if you were in a place where you feel peace and calm and connection through your body you're an open channel for abundance
2: yeah and and that that will through a conversation and even through creation of any kind if you got if you're you know creating an offer or something like that um, that shit comes up you know and sometimes it's just like a breath to work through it and recalibrate and set set these reference points for ourselves so i think it's really important to know that this, it's a, it's an ongoing practice. It's utilized all of the time. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to do heart-centered sales. It's no, I'm practicing it. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. And by cooperation, just to kind of expand on that, because it's, it's maybe a term used in a way that isn't the most intuitive. Like, do you mean that you are in cooperation and that you are like accepting and paying attention to and working with the feedback that you're getting from your body and working with universal principles when you're talking about cooperation versus competition?
2: Yes. And okay. mm-hmm. uh, so the the easiest way we can think of unity too, um, I believe in the field. I believe that I'm energetically connected to you guys right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, now in a very less, a very uh, more grounded way to think about that is if I'm, if Alicia and me are on a call and we're seeing if she's gonna be a client of mine, it's important for me to remember that this sales conversation is just as expansive for me as it is for her, whether or not we end up working together or not. And so it's not only cooperation on this, Within these two individuals right here energetically, if I feel survivally, if I feel lackey in the conversation, I'm not supporting her. So it's important for me to feel abundant, not just for me in this money I'm trying to make, but for the person on the other side of the call, so they can understand and feel that coming from me. Cooperation also meaning that it's just another human mm-hmm. on the other side of the conversation, and that human isn't any. I'm no not superior to that human and any other thing other than maybe the thing that they're looking to have me teach them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's cooperation like that in, in, in the individual level. And then lastly, cooperation on this more universal level. I want women and everybody, although I mostly work with women. So that's what I say. I want women to get paid for expressing their soul and supporting their collective evolution in any way that they know how to. Mm -hmm. And so if I want to cooperate with that belief, I get to charge for my services and learn how to love to do that. Mm -hmm. Does that paint the picture better? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. It sounds like alignment. It sounds like curiosity and it sounds like sales as service. And like, I, The statement that sales is love used to piss me off so bad because I didn't get it. First of all, I never felt that way on the receiving end of sales, nor did I feel that way on the side of sales where I was leading the conversation. And it wasn't until I shifted the perspective and got the, (laughs) gained the understanding that you are not selling. When, when you have a business that is tribe focused and a business that is oriented around service, and that doesn't mean draining yourself. That means giving all that you have to offer for the value of those in your tribe, right? When you have a business model that's built that way and you are selling, you are offering somebody a solution to their problem to varying extents. That is what sales is. When you are coming from a heart-centered place, sales is a way for you to create massive change in somebody's life by solving their problems and empowering them. So once I got that, and I really got that when I started creating offerings that were in alignment with who I was. Prior to that, I didn't get that. But once I dug into my heart and started creating from a place of, I don't want another human to experience life without a solution to this. Like Once I anchored into that, sales became, I know right where you're fucking at and I get it. And there is a way for you to be empowered through this solution, if you so choose to take that step. And if not, perfect. This is your life too, right? So it's like getting that and being curious and being in alignment and cooperating is really what I'm hearing you say when you explain
2: it that way. Yeah, I think that's put perfectly. And it's to, it's to help it's to help the person on the other side of the conversation get clear on what direction it is for them to go, whether or not it's with us, like, and that, that line, that one line, like whether or not it's with us Mm -hmm. takes the pressure off. Mm -hmm. It really does.
0: Yep. Cause then it's not about you. It's not about them choosing you. It's about them being empowered to live a better life, whether it's with you or not, because their path is going to lead them to the exact solution when they're ready to take, when they're ready to say yes to that solution. So whether it's with you or not, isn't your concern.
2: (laughs) And the, the paradox in that for people listening and feeling, I can, he, I can feel people feeling tense, like, but they all have to be for me, is that mo- more than likely, if, if you're in a conversation with somebody, that energy is resonant. Mm-hmm. So Alicia, you were smirking and I wondered if you had something to say.
1: Oh, I was just giggling over here because I was thinking about a lot of the things that I've told my own clients is, you know, releasing the outcome when you're on a sales call. And that's really, really hard for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that's, that's the surrender piece. That's releasing the attachment to, you know, whether they sign with you or not, maybe it's not a good fit. Maybe it's not right now. Like you never know. I've had people on sales calls and then they come back a couple months later and they pay in full for private coaching. So, you know, the the releasing the outcome is huge. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. And, and, and lends more of the probability that that outcome will, will come our way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think a big thing that people underestimate is don't sell your shit to people that don't need it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. how often do people get on sales calls with leads that are not qualified, meaning they're not your ideal client, they're not the person that needs the solution that you're offering. And that could be for a couple of different reasons. Either you're not talking about the solution in the right way. You're not talking about the problem in the right way, or you're bulldogging people onto sales calls. And it turns out they don't need what you have to offer because you're just trying to make a sale. So like, that's a big thing too, that a lot of people get out of integrity with is focusing way too much on making the sale and not enough on, does this person actually need what I'm offering? and listening to them and
1: meeting them where they're at. Mm -hmm. Because either way, I feel like if you're connecting with someone and you're on a sales call with them, there's some sort of divine purpose to it. Mm -hmm. Either it's meant for your own expansion or it's meant for their expansion. So either way, you guys are both benefiting from the call. Mm -hmm. And I think if you go into it with that mindset, like I'm being of service and I'm expanding as a result, you can't fail. Mm
2: -hmm. That was one of the things in the one of my firebird groups that changed. It sort of just changed the game for how the women approach sales calls. And it was started. They started to call them expansion calls because it was like, yo, if you're not expanding in a sales conversation, something's off. Mm -hmm. Something's off. And it doesn't have to be this big dramatic thing every time. But if I... When I get into a sales conversation, I utilize it as an expansion, utilize it as expansion just as much for me as for them. And that I believe is why when we don't do that, when we think the expansion is just for them, we're kind of doing a superiority thing and it's gross. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) And I, you know, it would be really, really, Interesting. And also I think app like more helpful is to not more helpful, but more um, concrete. That's what I mean. More concrete is to give people maybe like the top three things that you see entrepreneurs struggling with and how the somatic response and getting into cooperation can help you with those problems so that you can develop a more empowered relationship with sales and shift the way that you're, you're viewing it. Does that question
2: make sense? I think so. Yeah. Okay. And I'd like to, yeah, I think I could groove with that groove with that. That just came out.
0: Yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the red hair. It's bringing out the hippie in you. <laughs>
2: oh, It's funny. Um, yeah. So the first thing that came to my mind is that the more we develop the listening to the language of our body.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. uh, Let's let me say the more that we develop our mind body, because this is also if I'm on a sales conversation, and I hear a thought, well, she probably doesn't have the money for it. That's also Mm -hmm. feedback from from my mind body. Mm -hmm. And I can feel that restriction in my body. And so I think one of the first things that happen when we develop meaning start to trust the internal feedback is that we trust our intuition and we can speak into our intuition. And I think I'm sure you, you ladies will know that when you're in a conversation with someone about something that they want and something that they're challenged in getting it, there's always a like deeper fears and deeper challenges than they actually say. And so being able to trust that internal feedback and speak to the unspoken things is so powerful and it call it intuition if you want, call it inner guidance. Um, it develops that intuition and it, it it helps someone more easily speak into those unspoken things. And so that would be one of the biggest challenges I see is that people only, uh, they only reflect the energy that they're given in, in words and not the energy that they're given, Mm -hmm. not in words. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: I think another side to that too, is that people are afraid to stray there's a couple scenarios. They're either using a script because they're newer at sales. So they're afraid to stray from that script and, and trust the feedback that they're getting, whether it be from the person's body language or intuitive signals that they're getting, or they're very clearly picking up on something, but don't want to get vulnerable with themselves and with the other person, either by risking being wrong personally, or by putting the person in a place of vulnerability, asking them to be in a place of vulnerability, which also requires you to be in a place of vulnerability to hold space for that. So it's like a whole thing, right? So it's like trusting your intuition can mean a lot of different things, whether it's being afraid to stray from script or being afraid to get into a place of vulnerability with the person that you're on the phone with.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: What do you think, Alicia?
1: I'm 100% with you and Mm -hmm. you can feel on a call, if that person is energetically like closed off. And I think a way you can maybe solve the question you were asking T is to maybe just kind of like take one little baby question and another little baby question and see if they start to relax and open up a little bit. But if they stay like closed, I think there's a huge difference between supporting somebody and triggering them.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oof. yes
1: you know yes. like poke, like poking at their vulnerability to the point that you're triggering the shit out of them mm-hmm. or you're coming from a place of love and wanting to actually support them there's a huge difference mm-hmm.
2: I think asking for that. permission helps a lot mm-hmm. when it comes to that yeah that's huge I, I love that you said uh Alicia you said you can feel if somebody's closed off that's internal feedback like mm-hmm. lit- legitimately we're all connected and I, you are able to feel if somebody's closed off and and call call it more advanced although I don't think it is i think that understanding our empathy in that way is oh i'm feeling anxious and I'm not actually anxious. So maybe this person on the other side of the call is feeling anxious. Maybe Mm -hmm. I can guide them to sit a different way or open up their body language a different way. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's another thing too, distinguishing what's yours and what's not yours. Do you wanna go into that a little bit
2: more? Yeah. I'd like to give a really concrete example Mm -hmm. that I think will support people in this. So I'm gonna assume that everybody listening knows how to feel tension in their body. They're going to know if they feel anxious about the outcome. Mm -hmm. Whenever that comes up in a conversation, I think the best thing that we can do is take a slow belly breath in the conversation. Now, this is going to feel really, really scary because it's going to feel like you're taking a minute and a half to take one breath in and out because you feel like the spotlight is on you. But I think you'll find if I think you'll find when you'll try this, let's say that you get, you're starting on a call, you connect and you're starting to set the expectations of the call and you're feeling tense. Mm -hmm. Stop at the sentence, stop at the end of the sentence and then take one deep belly breath and then continue. And one that's going to, whether or not the energy is yours, that's going to bring you back to a set reference point of grounded Breath is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Now, if something keeps coming up, if there's feedback that keeps coming up, a thought or something like that, and you're breathing and it's not going away, more than likely that's mirroring something that's happening within them in my experience. Mm-hmm. And so I can speak like, hey, are you, feeling, are you feeling anxious right now? I think I might be noticing some anxiety or, or whatever the emotion is. Do you agree with that, Alicia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yep.
1: for me personally, as an empath, there are times when I pick up on other people and I have to determine, okay, does this belong to me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then try to figure that out and like, no, I'm not really feeling that way. So I like that technique.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it and keeps some, coming up.
1: Something I like to do, depending
0: on what it is that I'm on the call with somebody for this isn't always like needed or helpful. Sometimes it's just weird, but (laughs) in some cases, like I'll actually ground us. I will ground us at the beginning of the call, whether it's through like a two minute meditation, whether I'm just helping you breathe, close your eyes and breathe. I will do it with you. That way I can tap into my body with Mm -hmm. that other person's energy present. And like you said, if if I don't notice any shifts in my body and I'm still experiencing something through doing that grounding, I know that I'm picking up something they're experiencing, and I immediately speak into it because it's there. It's like the big fucking pink elephant in the room. You can't ignore it, right? But that's even something that you guys can try if you're if you're on a call with somebody and it's. that I have found that this is more helpful when you're talking about um, a, like a very intimate transformation, right? Like if you're selling if you're selling a product that. Is a four module course on um, creating Canva graphics. Like, you probably don't need this, right? <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> if it's something that is like a deeper, more meaningful transformation, then it is very helpful to help people drop into their body and it gives you the opportunity to do the same. So, I love that you mentioned that.
2: I'm glad you brought that up because I know that you have developed your intuition like a mad woman over the course of the last year. It's so, scary.
0: I don't, um. <laughs> so I kind of turn the tap off a little bit because it got Mm -hmm. fucking wild there for a minute like I was texting Alicia I'm like dude there's shit in my bathroom I don't (laughs) understand what's happening (laughs) I can't pee at night without things coming into my space (laughs) like
1: her and I both pulled out
2: hard
0: we're like all right we're gonna pump the brakes a little bit because that got wild and I'm not sleeping and whoa (laughs) (laughs) holy crap
2: (laughs) that's so funny I um had a a little, a a little deep awakening over the course of the last six months or so. And I pulled out and it wasn't just, it wasn't quite just intuition. Um, although it was, and I, it freaked me out. And then something happened with a friend of mine Mm -hmm. and it freaked me out. And then I just realized over the last three months, like I've been off my game because I was scared. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's like a super normal thing. And now I feel, I feel safe to get back in. And I've learned, like, if I'm feeling this way, I'm just going to take a break. And then I can go mm-hmm. back and do it later. And so uh, it's cool to hear that from you guys. Yeah. yeah.
0: And just to be clear, people listening, this is not the same intuition that we're talking about when it comes to no. tapping into some. This is this is a whole this different. Is next this is level. like this is like tapping into other beings. Like this is completely different than what we're talking about when we're talking about intuitive empathic abilities in like day to day relationships. Totally different. Just wanted to preface that in case somebody's like, Oh my God, what are you talking about? <laughs>
1: yeah if you're using your basic intuition which is kind of like what i've gone back to is just using okay how does this feel in my body um am i picking up on other people's stuff and kind of just distinguishing with that and just taking account for like all the little nudges that i get i'm like oh what is this trying to tell me what is this trying to tell me Mm -hmm. because i was in it deep and so was Mm -hmm. tristan and i was telling tristan this i had like a horrifying psychic attack Mm -hmm. and i was like nope, I'm done. I'm out. See ya. I had like a bunch. Um, how many, I don't know how many months ago it was, but I was like, I'm done. I'm out. See ya. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. No more. It
0: happened to me. I, um, I reached out to our friend Ashley and I was like, I have not slept in four days. I am going insane. And she tapped in with me. And what I mean by that is like, she used her psychic abilities to tap into my energy field and see what was going on. And she's like, there's other people's jealousy in your field. Like a lot of it, like a fuckload. And it's it's causing a lot of mayhem. And that's why but you're not you sleeping.
2: Because you came out the closet. I thought <laughs> it
0: came way out the closet. Like my titties and my ass are all up in your face. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> But yeah, I came out of two
1: closets, I came out of
0: two closets, two big old closets. Um, Mm -hmm. but it was, it was intense. I wasn't sleeping and I was on the verge of like mentally snapping and I have snapped mentally in the past from sleep deprivation. And I was like, this is, this can't happen again. Like I'm not, so it's a whole, it's a whole realm that you really have to, um, know how to take care of yourself through. And I don't know if that's necessarily talked about enough Mm -hmm. when we talk about tapping into deeper levels of psychic abilities and intuition.
2: Mm -hmm. Shauna, was yours a psychic attack as well or
1: was it different?
2: No, mine was, um, how can I explain it? Do you guys know Greg Brayden? Mm -mm. Do you know Joe Dispenza? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Um, So there's like three grandpas of of spirituality and science uh greg braden joda spenza and bruce lipton love they, bruce
1: he's my boy yeah
2: so greg braden's like on the team and uh we got really into him and he was just talking about simulation theory mm. and mm. i got deep into it and it's sort of just uh i have a you know what maybe it's, it's like a psychic attack in a in a different way I have a brother who's deep down in his deep conspiracy theorist, mm-hmm. and so I was watching this. This I, Adam and I were deep in Greg Braden, learning about the Matrix, mm-hmm. and my brother was coming to me with 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 conspiracy and fear, and mm-hmm. so it was it was just like too much, it was too much, very powerful. And he's very smart, and like he's also very tapped in and tuned on. He's just looking this way. And I couldn't shut them out we were having some family things, and it just it just became like I don't know what's real, and i don't I didn't I didn't um, I was I fear that if I continued down that, I was gonna sever relationships and shit. Mm-hmm. and so I just I just stopped and I think that that. That conversation, like as we explore this, because I don't want to stop exploring it, that doesn't make me want to. It made me want to stop then, right? Um, and maybe I, it's a it was a question in my head, but I think what I'm finding because my I had a my very first quote awakening in 2011, and I think I think I'm finding when that happens, like trust. Just like in business, we trust when our body wants to rest. Let's trust when our spirit just needs to fucking chill and not learn anything else. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people just, the stories that they share is, oh, I got open and then I've always been open. And oh. I think it's just like everything else. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Shauna, I went down a similar rabbit hole last year too, because in quarantine, it was like, you know, what else is there to do? And, you know, this is the great awakening. So I was, I was fully in the same rabbit hole on so many different levels, and mm. it got to the point where I was like, none of this is real. This whole thing's a fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> and like
0: our text message streams, by the way, during that era were golden. Like I, <laughs> they were golden.
1: but it got to a point where I was like laughing and I'm like, this isn't real. And mm. so it's funny when like, yes, you pull out and then when you're ready to go back in and you can kind of like, you, you see things with a different lens mm. And you see things how they are and you're like, yep, that's not real. That's not real either. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like this is just playing out as like a giant show. And it kind of like, and I'm not saying this to be a dick or anything, but you feel an interesting sense of peace Mm -hmm. once you know that things are the way they actually are and not the way that you you were previously perceiving them. And I know that sounds like a mind fuck to people that have no idea what's going on, but yeah.
0: I don't think it, I don't, I mean, it is a mind fuck, but also it expands. I know we're going way down the fucking rabbit hole, but I'm here for it. Um, I love it. Let's go.
1: Um, yeah, we're in
0: it. Like, I think pack also, your ooh, what'd you say?
1: <laughs> so pack your bags, bitch. Let's go.
0: Pack your bags, sling it over your shoulder. We're going hiking. Um, I think, I think also though, when you have these experiences or you come to new understandings, you, it deepens what it means to be a, uh, a human. And it also really lands the message of being a soul in a human experience because you realize how limiting is not the right word, but like the 3D senses are so... Uh, they're limited really. And once you start to have these experiences and you start to develop your gifts or you discover gifts, like I, I discovered that I am a medium. I can talk to people's dead relatives and dead family members. And I have delivered accurate on point messages for people in my life. I didn't know that was possible. And there's no freaking way that I ever could have known the things that I told them. And so it expanded my, understanding of what it means to connect with energy and to connect with um souls Feedback? whether they are no. <laughs> like an experience or not right and I'm like oh shit like they're always here like you never actually die you always exist and you can always communicate so like it changed the way that I looked at death which is huge for a lot of people they're terrified of death mm-hmm. and now I see it as something that like your your body yeah your body will die but who you are as a soul will is eternal. And me being able to communicate with that gave me proof of that being real. So it was, it was a huge experience for me.
2: And there's a soul in here. Mm -hmm. Like there's a, there's a soul in my body and that's kind of cool. And I think that's where the, to, to bring this way back. I think that in the sales conversation, it's about connecting to the soul, the feedback of the soul of the other person. But uh uh, you reminded me of something I wanted to say. You were you were chatting. <laughs> oh, the and I, I think what I always come back to is what you just said. We're a human or a spiritual being having a human human experience. Mm-hmm. And I always come back to like I'm human. Right now, in these moments, I'm human. I'm here, I experience the human buffers. This, this computer is in my awareness at this moment. And so I think that we, I think a lot of people can go down that hole and get caught in the eternal, um, infinite uh, the eternal infinite nature of, of things and then they don't actually become they don't actually ground they don't actually get and all all of they're seeing all they're seeing is potential and and where we see potential only nothing actually exists mm-hmm. and so I think that actually brings us to this paradox of like oh I get to want this fantastic beautiful life and planet and nurture it and imagine it and also work for it.
0: Yep. Man, I feel like there's so many rabbit holes we could jump down right now, but I feel like this is already a decent, powerful, like long episode. <laughs> and I feel so like I have
2: one. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Did... I just have one thing because I, I want to bring it back because I only gave one thing about the somatic sales. Yeah. So let's just like shift. Mm-hmm. I actually just did a training. It's free. The link is in my link tree, which I can give you guys. Yeah. We'll put um, it in the show notes. I did a training called Kick Sales Ick. And I covered five of the top things that I see in sales conversations. Mm -hmm. And one of them I'd like to just say Mm -hmm. is I think that, because you asked me what people are challenged with. And I think one of the biggest things that people are challenged with is setting expectations and taking control of the conversation.
0: Oh yeah.
2: Because then they have like these calls that are going for two hours and that's not respecting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're coaching, not getting curious. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I I love that
1: you said control taking control of the conversation. Mm -hmm. I've had plenty of calls that went sideways. And I'm like, how the hell do I pitch from this? (laughs) And then you're like, well, I'm just going to hang on for the ride. Cause at this point
0: (laughs) we're already an hour in. So let's just see where we go.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's, I find where strategy strategy is utilized, like psychological strategy gets to be utilized with soul because one of the psychological sales strategies is to end end your statements with a forward moving question. Mm -hmm. So you'll say something and then you'll end it with like, how does that feel? Um, um, I am getting this from you, is that true? And so you're ending statements with questions to guide them forward. And and although that's a psychological tactic and it's a strategy and it could be used for fucked up shit like selling cars to people who don't need it. Mm -hmm. um, We also get to link this to the soul because that person came to you to get clarity on where they get to move. And if we do not lead the conversation and it becomes an actual, actual coaching session or therapy session for an hour and a half, we're not, not actually doing what we already had agreed to do. And so you can we can take those strategies that feel icky. Like if you're doing a sales strategy and it feels icky, mm-hmm. that ickiness feedback is there in that moment for you to utilize to come back to the heart. So we get to use the sales to come back to the heart. The sales doesn't mean that we're icky. We just get to use that like, Ooh, I don't want to say this to come back to our heart and say it in the best expression that we know how. And so if, if a ta- another tactile thing would just be, we'll just go watch the training because it's way more grounded in that um, <laughs> it's, it's organized and uh, setting expectations in the beginning of the call like, we're going to go here. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this. And this is how it's going to end. How's that sound? Mm-hmm. We'll support someone's call tenfold mm-hmm. in time management and the people feel safe because people like to know what to expect. Yep. I want to shove that in there really quick.
0: No, that's perfect. And I love that you mentioned that you have a free training on that because now we're going to put that in the show notes. So everybody can go check it out. And five things that you can start doing immediately to help you improve your sales process and come from a heart centered place. I love it. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Donna. This was so much fun and we went places I didn't think we were going to go, but I think the episode's amazing and people are going to love it. Is there anything else that you wanted to share before we wrap up? Can I ask Shawna one quick question? Hit me mama. What's up?
1: Okay. So I think for entrepreneurship, like, you know, Triss and I talk about if it's like not a fuck yes, then it's a hell no. Can you just close this out with like what a yes feels like in your body? Like how that feels, how someone can just can know if they're making a good decision or a good investment, or if this client feels like a really good person to take on, or if the decision is like a no and how that shows up in your body and manifests.
2: I can explain it to the noob. Um, that's the best way I know how, and it's actually... This, the way that I'm about to explain will support anybody in any part of the process to develop the, uh, understanding that internal feedback because learning how to feel a yes and a no in the body is ever evolving. Because sometimes we get a yes and it's followed instantly by a feeling of a no because of subconscious programming. And so, two things first things first thing is to remember as best you can that the first answer is truth. So the first thing that, the first sensation that comes for you is truth or the first narrative that comes for you is truth. Sometimes that's clouded. And so the way I like to practice it is give people a very real-worldly example. So if you're listening, if you can, if you're not driving, I want you to close your eyes and just come into your body. Think about whatever's on the floor or in the seat and slow down your breath. If you're driving, do this with your eyes open. And then I want you to think about being in a room alone, not scared. And then all of a sudden you see 30 fuzzy puppies running in your direction.
1: Oh my God, my dream.
2: Tap into your body and feel that sensation. It's going to be open. It's going to be like, oh my gosh, yes. It's going to be expansive. It's going to be, it's going to feel safe. It's going to feel excited. There's a sensation you have. It's probably coming from your throat or your chest. And it may tingle into the whole body. Set that reference point. That's gonna be your yes. And then I want you to empty the room again. Come back into your body one more time. Take a breath. And then imagine that from above you you get 30 gallons of leeches dumped directly on your body.
0: Oh, I wish you guys could see the faces of Alicia and I. <laughs> <Me>? uh-huh. <laughs> we made the same
2: exact <laughs> face.
1: <laughs> oh my God.
2: That's what's happening in your body. So tap into the sensation in your body if that happened. It's going to be, contra- it's going to do like what your face does. It's a very generator thing to do. That's, contra- it's gross. It feels like, ugh, it feels gross. It feels contractive. It feels like, oh my God, I'd get them off me. You can set that reference point and that'll be your no. And those are your basic yeses and no's. And then you just kind of work from there. I love that.
0: Okay. Super, it's like a spectrum. Like you've made a visceral spectrum for people to be able to be like, okay, where am I at? Puppies or leeches?
2: (laughs) Yeah. I saw the puppies. I wanted to be like, yeah yeah and sometimes it's subtle and so that's the yeah. practice because sometimes they, that like ooh is really subtle because we're kind of scared mm-hmm. and so you're just sort of it's a mind body development thing but that's going to be your basic basic yes or no expansion or contraction
0: i love it i love it all right guys well there you go you've gotten you've got so many new tools to play with now and you have that link in the bio uh or in the description of this episode to go learn even more from Shauna. But thank you so much. This was epic. This is a lot of